Hey guys, and welcome back to the Rach Active Podcast. My name is Rach J. I am your host. I'm a master coach and the founder of Core 30. I'm so excited to welcome our guest to the show today. Now, she is a trainer for Adidas. She's the head of movement at Journey Retreats and the newly announced strength master trainer over at Keep It Cleaner, which is the health and fitness app founded by Steph Claire Smith and Laura Henshaw. Welcome to the show, Brittany Cutts. <laughs> What an intro. <laughs> I know, but that's your resume. So I'm just telling the truth. That's <laughs> my Instagram bio. You read it well. <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit of research. Had to get had to get all the labels right. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So Love excited it. to chat to you. And so I've been reflecting with a few of my guests on the last time that I saw you in person because obviously there's been a lot of shit that's gone down <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so we would have seen each other at Strong probably yeah. earlier in the year doing a class. And so, which is actually your bestie, Mr. Michael yeah. Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. Rams legit. Rams legit. Um, He'll love workout. getting a mention in this. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the strong workout. So it was really cool to kind of like connect there. And uh, yeah. And you've been doing kind of stuff with with Rams and also, also you did um, the tour with Dan Con and that. So like at, you yes. got in at the end of the year, which was really cool. Yeah, that was probably the highlight of my career, actually. That was oh, really? awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because that was around was so Australia great. too, wasn't it? Yeah, we went to, um, we had one in Melbourne, which is pretty special. And then we went to um, Sydney and New Zealand as well, Auckland. So that was unreal. Oh, that it was just good amazing. to go home and do my first event in New Zealand. So that was awesome. Did you have all your friends and family like come on to that event and cheer you on? Yeah. yeah. That would have been so yeah. fun. That would have been like, who is Rams legit? And, and Dan Con, we're just going to Brit. They definitely knew who Rams was because I bloody had him in my whole um, Instagram feed last yeah. year. So they're like, they're oh, like, so that's oh, the guy. Put, yeah. <laughs> no, it was good to have everyone together. Yeah. It's really exciting for you um, that you've just been announced as the new strength trainer over at uh, Keep It Cleaner. So congratulations on that. Thank you so much. It is a big um, project that we've been working on this year. So it's been in the pipeline for a while and it's, yeah, it's just great to have it all launched and people can now give the workouts a go, especially after I've been sort of providing a lot of live workouts. So it's good for them to sort of see them all, have them all in a bank on an app as well. It's pretty rewarding. Yeah. And so tell me kind of how that kind of came about for you. Um, well, I've been friends with Steph um, for about five years now and um, just through mutuals and stuff like that and I've just watched her grow and been in awe of sort of her journey and how much of a boss lady she is so it's been um, really cool to kind of see her develop herself in the fitness industry and then obviously I work in, in the fitness industry as well in a totally different field but um, yeah, they once they got Michelle on board, I think Michelle had a few ideas that she wanted to put together and they pitched it to me and it was all sort of just, um, yeah, all, all talk and verbalizing all of these ideas and visions and then it's just come to life and it's better than I ever could have imagined and yeah, they've done a great job and it's cool to work with such an awesome brand. Yeah, because it's come at a really good time actually, obviously, because 
being in Melbourne particularly, you know, we've been in and out of lockdown several times. And so people are kind of getting used to working out online or through apps. And so it's kind of cool that they've got access to you through this platform now, which is, which is awesome. Cause I know you've been doing your IG uh, TV workouts. Yeah. We've been loving. And so kind of with the kick program, cause like there's the kick fit part, this is the part you're part of, right? And this is the new bit yeah. that they've just launched. So there's like the kick start bit, which you go through for 12 weeks or whatever. And then the kick fit part, which is you get access to Brit. And so talk us through kind of the, the training that you're doing for kick, because it's, it is specifically strength, right? And most of the people that are coming onto the app are females as well. So can you kind of talk us through like what that kind of training is like? Yeah. So my um, element of it is strength, like you said, and there's other um, trainers that have gone through um, sort of as coaches for different styles of training. But I guess strength training is something I love um, coaching like young women through as well. Like there's definitely guys that are probably going to come onto the app and all of that now, especially with all the strength work um, too, which is great. But it's just awesome because I think people um, are so scared to dive into the strength style of training. So it's great for me to be able to educate people through that app and kind of give them um, a progression. So like with strength, strength training um I use a technique a method of progressive overload which is what many coaches use for their clients and I find that most effective with my clients so it's great to be able to translate that through an app and um, be able to reach so many more people using that method and it basically is just encouraging females to sort of um increase weight or increase um the amount of reps that they're doing each week and just sort of trying to train their brain into not just plateauing and sticking to the same weight and the same routine each week and kind of trying to push themselves. And it's really empowering. And I think it's a great way of training and not just for physical appearance, but also mentally, like it's a great um, resilience building kind of method as well. So it's been really cool. So basically my sessions are yeah, they've got progressive overload um, involved and they're primarily strength-based. They're 20 minutes and there's warm-up and cool-down on top of that. And it's just, it's sort of a mix between um, like AMRAP style and interval style training and it's limited equipment, but there still is equipment um, used for the workouts as well. Yeah, awesome. And so like for those people, because a lot of people too, uh, you know, I think sometimes there's this kind of aversion to strength training, particularly with women. And, you know, like I'm a Pilates (laughs) trainer. So I definitely hear in my classes and when I'm, you know, coaching people that I'm like, I want to, you know, tone up, but I don't want to get bulky. That's just something that a lot of females say, right? So can you kind of like disperse, like kind of get into that? What, what, what is that true? Like, what does that actually mean for females? Yeah, so I so I get that question a lot and it's definitely something that's out there in a lot of girls' minds and that's particularly why I love being a strength coach. Um, basically, females are built like a whole lot different to men. Men have a lot more testosterone than females and we don't have the same hormones to put on the same amount of muscle as them as easily. So uh, that's first and foremost. Um, I think as well people think that having more muscle on your body 
will make you look bigger and make you sort of fatter. Um, but it actually works in opposite. So the more muscle you have on your body, um, the higher your metabolism is and the sort of the lower your body composition will be. So it's, it's, it's kind of the opposite of what people think. But then again, I do understand that there is, um, there's sort of two other factors. So muscle memory. So for instance, like I'm a, I was a swimmer growing up, so I've got major muscle memory. So I can put on um, muscle pretty quickly. And that does mean that I sort of have to make sure I'm controlling what I'm eating as well. So if I'm overeating whole heap of junk food and then I'm putting on muscle, you're obviously going to get a, a bulkier look. But if you're sort of in tune with your what you're eating, feeling comfortable with how much you're eating – um, and then not having as much stress in your life as well, your muscle will actually sort of help you burn through um, that fat and create a much leaner toned look. Yeah, because that's one of the things too. I think um, what I've found with uh, nutrition clients, because I've you know I'm a nutrition coach as well, is that people don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you build lean muscle, it helps you metabolize fat a lot better and more efficiently. And it's kind of counterintuitive because I guess people are thinking about it like, well, I'm going to get bigger because I'm putting on size, but that doesn't actually, you know, you're going to look at body composition as a better measure rather than weight, you know, as an overall measure, right? So, um, and you sort of, like, I mean, you can relate it to bodybuilding, right? So people go through that bulk phase and that they're still putting on muscle, but they're, eating like uh, they're eating an over over amount of food and they're probably not doing much cardio so I think kind of creating a nice balance between if you can between all three of those things then you'll get the best (laughs) sort of body composition that you're after without going into a major bulking phase but it's very easy to avoid that like it's actually very hard to go into that bulking phase so yeah yeah Yeah. Awesome. Um, Another thing that I feel that we both have in common, and I've noticed this a lot on your socials uh, and and your work, but I also use this mantra. I would say it's a mantra that we both use, which is progress, not perfection. Um, And which I really love using it. And, you know, I guess for me, this idea of perfection is it's just such an unattainable idea that if you are measuring your success or your worth, to being perfect, you just will never reach it because it it, it doesn't exist, right? And so yeah. you're not, never going to really be happy if that's going to be your measure of happiness. So why, I'm really curious, why is this kind of mantra important to you and how, how has that kind of come to be part of your work as a trainer and coach? Well, I think like we're just ever evolving and like the how I was a year ago is completely different to how I am this year and I just don't think you ever reach that perfect point but you just get better at coping with things and you get better and you just make tweaks and improve and who wants to be perfect anyway you know like I think being imperfect and and having flaws and being a bit goofy and all of that sort of thing, I think it's beautiful. And I don't think that we should strive towards perfection and everything that we are comparing ourselves to has flaws as well. So no one is perfect. But I just think um, what what I sort of do is I use a technique of journaling and sort of um, to make sure I am progressing, not only just in training um, by tracking everything, but 
um, just mentally and as a person and how I sort of am to others, I like to journal each day and just write down, you know, what what my learnings are and what I can change for the next day. And then that way you're just focusing on today and tomorrow mm. and not focusing so much on the past. You've sort of got it all out into your book. It's all out in there. You don't need to think about it anymore. And then you just sort of fine tuning things as you go, you know? Mm. I definitely love that you journal. One thing that I've noticed is that so many people that I'm chatting to on the podcast journal. It's just part yeah. of our routine, which, you know, I think, I don't know why, but I don't know if people really talk about journaling that much. I love to do it and I do it every day, same as you. And, uh, yeah. you know, we chatted to, um, I chatted to Danny Kennedy. He does the same thing. And like, it's really cool to hear that people in this space, people that perhaps you would never think would be journaling, do this kind of practice. Yes. And it's more about... Yeah, I know. It's it's so strange. It's so weird, and If you it? saw my journal, you'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the funny thing is people probably look at you and I and think, oh, they've got their shit together. But yeah. there's so much that, that that journal holds that yeah. my Instagram doesn't, you know? <laughs> yeah. that That is like my worst fear actually is like, if someone broke into my house and like got into all my journals, I'm like, oh shit, there'd be a lot of crap in there that you would not want to I read. I know. <laughs> it is so funny. But how long have you been journaling for? I actually, I went through a breakup about, um, oh, probably like nine months ago now. So it started then. So it started, I just didn't know how to handle it. And I just realized that even writing a letter to him in my journal, even writing how I was feeling and just sort of getting it. It was so caught up in my head and I just wanted it out. And I did it one day and I was like, man, this is so effective and just kept going ever since. And it's, it's, it's amazing because back then it was obviously so much negativity and probably self doubt and all that sort of thing. And I haven't sort of gone through and looked back, but I can definitely tell that now it's, I'm focusing on, you know, much more positive things and yeah, there's a lot less changes. <laughs> mm. It just kind of helps you like get your mental state and your emotional state into a really positive place. That's what I find with my journaling anyway. Yeah. And I yeah. think like, I also think it's important as well not to avoid feelings. So I think becoming aware of how you're feeling and actually confronting it and writing it down and kind of letting it out is, super important and empowering and it helps you move on a bit quicker and heal so I think there's something in that where it's not just focusing on the positivity but also just dealing with your emotions rather than running from it I think that's pretty powerful 100% like I went through a breakup as well about a year ago and journaling for me has been probably the most helpful tool that I've used to be able to get. Because there is a lot of shit that you go through, like there's grief, there's heartbreak, there's pain that you've got to work through. And so you need to, yeah, not bottle, because it will come out at some point. If you kind of just shove it down and just suppress it, it's going to come out in other ways in your behavior, in your life. And you're going to, you know, kind of attract uh, that kind of energy back to you as well. So it's just great for, like you said, just great for processing emotions. And then you can always like reflect back and see how far you've come along that journey, um, which yeah. is a really, really cool thing. Um, so, you know, kind of coming back to this idea of perfection and, you know, especially in the industry that we work in, um, you know, there is a certain, well, I don't know if you feel this for you, but 
obviously there's a there's a large aesthetic portion of this industry that kind of plays into the whole thing. And I know you have spoken previously about, you know, dealing with, um, I guess, eating, like eating, your disordered eating and dealing with that kind of stuff. So I kind of wanted to talk about that because, you know, it's one of the things that I'm, I'm, a, I'm passionate about talking about this topic. I, I had an experience more so when I was in my teens, not me personally, but two of my girlfriends suffered from eating disorders. And so I just feel like the conversation, there's a little bit of a stigma around talking about it because it's, um, I don't know, like it's under the mental health banner and it kind of seems a little bit like dicey to talk about, but it's such a common thing that all women you know, sort of experience to some degree or another in terms of body image or body dysmorphia or disordered eating. I think it's one in three women in Australia suffer from it. So, um, you know, I kind of wanted to talk to you about your journey with it and, you know, what kind of triggered you into that kind of lifestyle, I would say, way of eating. Yeah. So, um, when I was growing up, I had a few... I have a very close group of girlfriends at home and there's 12 of us and we're, we're still that group ever since. And during high school, there was probably honestly about eight of them that had some sort of eating disorder. So it was all around us and it wasn't until I got to about 18 that I sort of really started to watch what I was eating and kind of worrying about my weight and stuff as which is totally natural and then um, I went on a gap year overseas where I lived in England for a year and I just stepped on weight honestly my girlfriend and I just I probably put on like 10 kgs I feel like everyone who goes to Europe does that anyway (laughs) like it was hilarious but anyway we came back and then I sort of, again, bring up another breakup, but I went through a breakup when I got back from um, then, like a little bit down the track. And um, I I think as a, like an outlet, I was just running so much and I just ended up getting a running bug and I could not stop running. And I think it was an outlet at the time, but had no idea. And then I was still around people that were sort of like in heavy modeling and restrictive eating and stuff. And and then people started saying to me, oh my God, you're getting so skinny. Well, you look so good. You look the best I've ever seen you. And all these compliments were just coming at me. And I was like, yes, like <laughs> this will get him back. <laughs> and I was just like running, running. But I was so, so unhealthy. Like I remember one of my friends, she had really bad anorexia and she'd come over and she'd if we had a barbecue she'd say oh I've got to go get my nails done and I knew she was lying and I just thought it was the most ridiculous thing but then I fell in that trap you know and I I was that person where I was just so calculated and so obsessed with being skinny and what I looked like and you become so tunnel vision and you can't actually explain it and it's very difficult to understand it if you are if you haven't been through it like that's why I think it is it is hard for like uh, say when I was younger to talk to my parents and get help from my parents because my mum and dad were just like well just eat more like or mm. stop vomiting or <laughs> something mm. like that you know yeah. and it, it, like they it was just a black and white thing to them but it's so complex and it's so difficult and I really feel for people that go through it and like you said a lot of girls do and boys um, 
And I think it's important to talk about it because then you realize that you can overcome it. And I'm walking proof that you can overcome it and not get triggered anymore and, you know, just be a thing of the past. So, yeah. Yeah. What sort of triggered your recovery? Like when did you sort of realize, hmm, actually what I'm doing is just, it's just not really the best for me? Well, I think you always know that. So I don't think you ever think it's normal. And for like two years, I was like, this isn't, this is so bad. Like, but I didn't actually realize how selfish I was. I was just getting, I was just in my zone. And I just was thinking about the next meal and then thinking about how, how I looked after I ate it. And it's just a completely selfish kind of zone that you go in, but it's also very vulnerable and sad. So it's not like intentional, but, um, I, I, I then, I sort of went through, um, restricted eating and then I went through a bit of bulimia. So, um, and then I would go through like a, a sort of cycle where it would go binge eating and then it would go back to the start. So it was like a, my, mine wasn't hectic. It sounds hectic. Um, but there's definitely different degrees of it. And yeah, my, mine wasn't like vomiting after every meal. Mine was just like, if I had a binge, so it was sort of like, it's a, it's crazy. This is actually the first time I've sort of spoken about it openly, but, um, yeah, it's like, it's just a whirlwind and your life is just on pause. And I think when I started to get better was when I was my partner, he my ex-partner, he um, would just like eat whatever. <laughs> and it just really made me like, and then I would, he'd be like, come on, have pizza. And, and that was so far from anything I'd ever like ever put into my diet beforehand. And then I'd just have it and nothing would happen. Yeah. So still training hard. And then I was with him. So I didn't want to like binge in front of him. I just wanted to impress him. So I would just have that and then I'd wake up the next and it was just fine. And then the more I did that, the more comfortable I was doing that. And I realized that it was the binging that was the issue, but that's so uncontrollable. And I actually can't pinpoint it, but I think it was that just being around people that sort of, I, I, I didn't want to binge around. And then I also like would have that food. And then I realized it was okay and there's just such a fear with an eating disorder um, to eat those foods. And but and the word moderation is so far from anything you can incorporate into your lifestyle. But honestly, like once I started to moderately eat those foods and allow them back into my life and stop restricting, that's when everything just fell into place. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's so amazing to be able to have, I guess, people, it's, it's almost like that saying of like, you're a product of your environment in some ways. And when you're surrounded by certain behaviors, you tend to lean into those behaviors, even if it, it does start off being, you know, unintentional, it just kind of happens because you're around it. And so then obviously being around people who didn't kind of uh, eat in a really restrictive way, really assisted yeah. you in transforming your relationship with food and your body as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool to hear. And so what sort of led you into, because now you're one of these amazing people in the health and fitness space that inspire other people. And a lot of your followers are young women as well. So it's really cool to see your journey. And now you're an amazing leader in this space. So what sort of led you to becoming a trainer? Um, that was why. So once I created that balance again, I just was so heartbroken at the thought 
of how many of my friends had even been through it and how many people I'd come across that had that was going through it. And I just didn't want my aim was to shortcut that for women. And um, I wanted to, I just became obsessed with educating myself and being able to help and shortcut that process so that young girls didn't fall into that trap or so that I could, you know, once I found my love and strength training, I just wanted to educate young girls on that as well. And that's why I do work with primarily females. But um, yeah, I think, and then, and then once I got my balance back, I just got so much energy back. <laughs> then mm, I realized yeah. <laughs> I'm such an extrovert. Like, what have I been doing? And then I just <laughs> wanted to like, you know, take a whole group of people for a workout. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so yeah, awesome. That's how it all <laughs> <laughs> so we've kind of touched on a little bit of journaling, but what are your, because I know a lot of people like to know what trainers and coaches do um, in terms of your routine and habits and stuff like that. So what are your daily habits that you do that you must do every day? I probably like as soon, well, as soon as I wake up, I don't have pre-workout. So I have this like vitamin... <laughs> Vitamin, um, it's actually a multivitamin drink. <laughs> it just <laughs> hydrates me in the morning because I just am so big on making sure that you have enough water throughout the day. And that I just love starting the day with water and hydration. So I wake up and just make sure that I have my um, multivitamin drink and it refreshes me. Then I go get a coffee, a um, long black, and then my non-negotiable training that I've planned in on a Sunday for my week I have to get that in. Um, Otherwise, I guess probably making sure that I have enough sleep as well. So I use um, my Apple Watch for that and just track my sleep. And if I don't get eight hours most nights, then I know that I'm not going to be able to function for other people as well as um, what I could be. So that's just something that I always track as well. So I think hydration and sleep are huge factors for me. Um, and yeah, that sort of, I don't have really like, I mean, ISO is so weird. Like it's it took so me weird. five months of life. It'd be a different story. Be different. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your, I'm like, what else do I do? <laughs> <laughs> what does your training look like at the moment? Like are you, what kind of training are you doing? So I'm doing like this weird little challenge that I randomly just set myself um, the other day and I'm doing 5Ks of a run every day um, and I'm up to day six and I think I've got two weeks to go until September. So that's just something to get my running back on track. And then, um, and it's also just the best feeling. Like I love while the sun's out going down to the beach and just getting those endorphins. Like, and now that I've set that target, like even if I'm in bed and I cannot be bothered going, I just know I have to do it because I've set that target and I'll let myself down. So I'm doing that. And then on Monday, I do lower body strength session. Um, and then, so I've got lots of weights at home, which is good. Um, and then I've got Tuesdays, I do a Zoom with my clients. So we do upper body. Um, and I sometimes we'll join in with them. And then I just sort of keep it conditioning style sessions. So maybe like a high intensity workout on Tuesdays. Then Wednesday, I do um, back strength. So I um, train my back on a Wednesday and then also my run Thursday, 
sounds hectic, but it's honestly keeping me alive. Um, Thursday, I do conditioning. And then Friday, I do upper body. And then Saturday, Sunday, just whatever, really. I actually have been doing um, yoga as well. So like last Friday, Friday and Saturday, I didn't even train. I just did yoga and that was beautiful. Yeah, yoga is so good for, I feel like for people like us who are really like go, go, go with our training, like it's so contracting um, in terms of muscles that that it's only when you stop to do yoga that you realize, oh fuck, my muscles are so tight. Like I just need to just lengthen them out. Like I, yeah. Yeah. And it helps you perform better. Yes. And you just feel long. <laughs> yeah. Long, but oh, like I did a session yesterday and I, and I was like, I am so freaking tight. Like I can feel my pecs are tight. Every, my glutes are tight. Everything yeah. is tight. I need to stretch out and have a good proper session, but it helps too, because you know, when your muscles are lengthened and nice and loose and, you know, you can, like when you go for runs and stuff, you can definitely tell you feel lighter and you just feel like your body's moving heaps better, right? Yeah. Yeah. More mobile. Yeah. It's yeah. great. I love it. Yeah. So this importance about having balance as well is one of those things that you talk about too, because, you know, it's not just one thing. It's like many things like sleep and all that kind of stuff. So it's a really cool approach to wellness that you have. Um, and also Thank you you. Know, having this kind of link between movement and mental health, I guess, and your, and looking after your mind. Yeah. So this, um, I know that you're a huge advocate for, you know, movement for mental health and, there was this really beautiful video that you posted on IG, which um, I don't actually know oh, what yeah. it was for, but it was with the, the <laughs> what was that for? Was it just a little thing that you did? <laughs> well, my friend, um, James Rush, he is the biggest legend and he is so creative. Oh man, he's amazing. So he basically shoots videos with athletes and he just has these visions and he's the most placid, calm, beautiful soul. And he was over, he's meant to be working with the Olympics at the moment, which is really sad. And he also is usually over in America sort of filming for basketballers and just big, big things. Anyway, he messaged me and he goes, hey, I want to put something together for the pandemic and it's going to be called Pandemia. It's all about, you know, um, I didn't actually know what it was about. So anyway, I went down <laughs> and just took my Adidas gear. And then, and then when he was sort of showing me, I just could not believe it. And I was like, I was like, I was like, we need to really link this to mental health. Like it is crazy at the moment. And if I can just show in friggin' 20 seconds, how important exercises for your mind and connecting with nature, then I want to do it. And he just had the exact same vision and he brought that to life. And it is just, it was honestly the best project ever. Like he is incredible and yeah, it just really brought out raw emotion of how how you can find sort of a, I'm not religious, but a God within your body and you can find peace within your body and you don't need to look further and it's all there and like through exercise and connecting with nature and sort of doing the simple things in life, I think that you can find some peace during this crazy manic time, you know? Mm. And I think a lot of people do find different, I mean, people find different types of movement, uh, a gateway into finding this. It's almost like a meditative state. I find it when I'm running, but it's not always, you know, it could be something else. It could be yoga, it could be, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, and yeah, I really love that video. It was so beautiful. And, you know, it, yeah. it, 
it does quote, um, you know, that depression and stress um, rates are up by 21%, which is massive. It, it hurts so much. Like I've seen so many people post things on Instagram lately and the, I just, it's probably a bit weird for me to touch on this, but I feel like news headlines need to post more about how many suicides and everything that's going on at the moment because where uh, I understand that, that Corona is so bad and we all seem to be doing like most of us the right thing at the moment. But I just worry about the amount of suicides because it just, it's, it's, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. And I think if we can sort of drive people into finding light through exercise or through other avenues, then it's important, but it is very, very sad at the moment. So yeah, that video was pretty um, emotional because it sort of put up some stats and things like that. So yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because one of the things that that is uh, a question mark still until we kind of come out of this weird period of time is the mm. effect of people's, not only mental health going through it, because, you know, I know a lot of people are struggling at the moment, but after all of this, I mean, there's still going to be after effects, you know, mentally for people. So it's definitely, you know, mental health is a huge thing that I feel that movement is a, you know, a really helpful tool to be able to uh, help people during that time. But I wanted to read your um, your little caption because I thought it's so beautiful. Yeah. Resilience is buoyed and depleted by behaviours in our control. The way we think the awareness we have about managing our emotions, the food we eat, the exercise we choose to implement, the sleep we get, the breaths we take, these all add up to impact how we respond through tough times. So I really loved your words um, because I feel like it just sums up all the, these different areas um, that mm. help us build resilience. So can you kind of take us through how you have come become aware of these different aspects? Like Because there's so many different pieces in this that build up yeah. resilience, you know? So I definitely can um, say that training has helped me become a lot more resilient and a stronger person in general. And like even just the way I am with my values and being strong, standing up towards people that probably treat me bad or whatever, it's, it's, I feel like that's come through training. Like I'm, I can go through pain and training and I can go, I can push past that pain barrier. And I think, learning how to do that there and, and learning how to do it in this pandemic is very similar. And I think that even with training, like you, you go through a tough patch to get to where you want to be and water, sleep, everything, they all add up to the amount of energy that you can give out each day and, and to become the best version of yourself. And I think during this time, all of those things, you know, we want to be the best we can so that we can get through this. And I think so that we can be a lot more resilient and push through this pain and tough patch. I think making sure that we're on top of all the those things will not only help our immune system to fight against the stupid virus, but also, <laughs> um, but also it can help us like, yeah, just be, just, just be the best that we can be so we don't get too clouded and too anxious and things like that. Mm. I definitely feel that, you know, and for a lot of people that I've spoken to that movement and fitness has been such a, uh, you know, the lessons that you learn through fitness 
um, and through movement can just be taken to other areas of life. It's like you, I feel the same as you, like being able to push myself to the next level, not thinking yeah. that I could, but knowing that you could go there, it just helps you with life. Like when you're going through pain, when you're going through emotional shit, you're like, well, I can get through it because I know that I can because I've done it in the gym or I've done it with my run. You know, I've, I've set myself a goal and I've been able to hit that. So yeah, it's so fascinating that we're able to take lessons from movement and and then incorporate them into the rest of our life, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. So another thing that I really like to talk about in terms of, you know, with resilience, there also is this link to failure as well. And, you know, I like to talk about fuck ups a lot because (laughs) I feel like I fuck up a lot all the time. (laughs) And um, I don't know, I, I think I just like to show that like, I'm not perfect and, you know, I do fuck up and despite what it might seem like, I, I just want to make people know that, you know, I'm human and it's a human thing to fuck up and make mistakes and be rejected and all of that kind of stuff, right? hundred percent. So, yeah. So I'm really curious to know what you consider to be your biggest fuck up. <laughs> I guess mine would probably be <laughs> uh, maybe... I sort of feel like I'm on a a pretty good road at the moment and quite self-aware at the moment, which has definitely helped eliminate so many fuck-ups. But I guess mine was probably more when I was younger in relationships. I just was very, I was pretty rebellious and I like, I'm meaning like, you know, pre-18. I think I was just, I just didn't really, I wasn't self-aware enough to really understand other people's feelings and, now I definitely feel like I'm so cautious of making sure that everyone feels good all the time around me and and sort of tiptoeing around, um, yeah, just like the way that I'm being sort of towards people. But I feel like when I was younger, I probably didn't. And when I was in relationships, I just didn't really give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was very me, 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 me. We can only laugh at this now looking back in hindsight and you're like, Honestly, all my friends are like, you were like, yeah. I was just (laughs) like, I do what I want when I want with who I want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We've all been like that at some point in our lives. So I don't think you're alone. I just just think that I just, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's definitely laughable. Like my friends and I always laugh about it. Like when we're doing, like we did a drinking game when I went back home at Christmas and they just like everything I'd like sort of been secretive about when I was young, like trying to hide it from them and stuff. Like they just put it all out there and we just have the biggest laugh about it. But I think like, yeah, I think now I'm pretty, oh, there's always like little things here and there, especially with relationships, like dating and stuff like that for sure. But I don't know, you just sort of get back on the horse and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Next one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you, one. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on to um, rejection. Do you, do you recall what your greatest like rejection has been? Um, Whether it's in, in career or like or in relationships or whatever in life. Well, do you know what's funny? So when when I first came over to Melbourne, um, I, I I like I really wanted to 
work and edit this. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. So I came over here for a holiday. Um, and then I just wanted to work at edit S and retail. And I was like, I just want to get a job for my six week holiday. Like, and then that I had an interview with them and they were just like, no, sorry. And then now I end up being like an ambassador for them. So I'm like, I just remember getting kicked down. I was like, no, screw you. Like, and that was sort of like a drive towards, right, I'm going to get above that retail store. <laughs> so it's sort of, I find rejection, oh, it's so tough. And usually like even in relationships, if you get rejected, it's not even necessarily the person that's this, it's sort of like you put them up on a pedestal because you've been rejected. Whereas if they were all over you, you'd be like, eh, you know what I mean? So rejection sort of like, it's an ego kind of cuts your ego, but it also is like a boost in the right direction. Like there's always something so good coming from it. And yeah, like every time I've been felt that rejection, it's definitely brought me into a way better path. And you just got to take it and go, oh, well, not everything's for me. And if I want to choose, if I'm going to choose something to be in my life, whether it's a job or a relationship or anything that you want to choose things that choose you back, you know what I mean? Mm, Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you want it to be a two-way thing. And I think like having that kind of perspective of rejection being more like almost like a redirection, right? So it's like it's not really a rejection. It's like I'm just being redirected away from this person or this whatever opportunity and being guided. I mean, you know, had you worked for Adidas at the retail store, who knows if you would have been like an ambassador <laughs> and, a, and a trainer? Know. Who, who knows? Like you've gone down this amazing path now and which has brought you to where you are today. So, yeah, I... <laughs> That's such a cool, like a cool way to look at it, you know, looking at it that yeah. way. Um, so thank you so much for being on the show. I'm, I'm so happy that we got to chat and I know. get to, you know, celebrate your new awesome position as well at, um, at Keep It Cleaner. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me, Britt. And I really look forward to seeing you in person. (laughs) I know, it's strong. (laughs) Yeah, it's strong. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it opens up again really soon. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much for having me. I've actually, this has been the highlight of my week. Like, just being able to chat and, yeah, it's just a lot better than your journal. (laughs) It's really nice to (laughs) talk talk about it. Yeah, I know. I know. It's really cool. And obviously we're missing human interaction and stuff. So it's very nice to be on here today. And yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So guys, you can catch Brit at uh, at Brit Active on IG, which that's two T's and it's Brit Active. And you can find all of her little links and stuff to all of her work, which is super awesome. And she does you know, IGTV workouts and and lots of inspiring stuff on there for you as well, guys. So make sure you check it out. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode, guys. And I'll catch you on the next episode of the Rach Active Podcast.